0: And council special meeting. This special meeting, joint meeting of the mayor and councils of the borough of Atlantic Highlands and the borough of Highlands and the borough of Seabright, is being held at the Hess Parish Center at 50 South Avenue, Atlantic Highlands, and is called pursuant to the provisions of the open public meetings law. Notice has been transmitted to the Asbury Park Press and the Two River Times on May 15, 2023. Posted in each borough hall on a bulletin board reserved for such announcements and each borough website. This agenda is complete to the extent known and formal action will be taken. Please stand for a silent prayer and pledge of allegiance. Recording in progress. to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic of which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And there's a few people that I would like to thank before we move on. Um, Father Jarlick and St. Agnes for letting us uh, use this air center. I'd also like to thank Rob Ferragina, Michelle Clark, and Brian Doherty for helping uh, move this forward too. So thank you. Um, Mr. Ferragina, roll call for each town. Okay, roll call, Elena
1: Kylan. Mr. Colasardo? Here. Mr. Crowley? Here. Ms. Cusick?
0: Here.
1: Mr. Dougherty. Here. Ms. Hohenleitner. Here. Mr. Murphy. Here. Mayor, Here. Mayor Gluckstein. Here. This meeting is officially open for Atlantic Highlands. I will now do a roll call for the borough highlands. Councilmember Council Councilmember Chilak. Here. Councilman Melnick. Here. Council President Washefsky. Here. Mayor Breon. Here. This meeting is officially open for Highlands. And I will do the roll call for Seabright. Councilman Bieber. Here.
2: Councilman Booker. Here. Councilman Catalano. Here. Councilwoman Gorman. Here. Councilman Keeler. Here. Councilman Lamia. Here. And Mayor Kelly. Here. This meeting is officially open for Seabright.
0: Thank
3: you. Mr. Thir-Gino. Good evening and welcome to the Burt Atlantic Highlands and to the Hess Center. Seated at the front are the following individuals. Bob Benneke, Atlantic Highlands financial expert. Matt Giacobbe, Atlantic Highlands Special Counsel. Atlantic Highlands Mayor, Loretta Gluckstein. Highlands Mayor, Carolyn Brulon. Seabrook Mayor, Brian Kelly. Vito Gagliardi Highlands and Seabright Special Counsel and Kerry Wright Highlands and Seabright Special Counsel. Seated to my far left are the three uh, borough clerks from left to right, Michelle Parker of Atlantic Highlands, Nancy Tran of Highlands, and Michelle Pfeiffer of Seabright. Seated in the front rows, in front of the tables here, are the council members from the three boroughs as well as the borough administrators from uh, Council members from all three municipalities and the borough administrators from Seabright and Highlands. I believe there are a few uh, council members from the respective municipalities that are also patched in via conference call. I'd like to go over a couple of housekeeping items before we begin. Uh, Please make sure everybody's phones are muted. There are four emergency exits, one at each of the corners of this room, two in the front and two in the back. For those individuals who may need restrooms, for those individuals who may need restrooms, they're located in the entrance hallway. I'd like to also go over some meeting ground rules. After the resolutions are presented and voted on, the public will have an opportunity to comment. There will be a three minute time limit for those who wish to comment. This will assist with efficiency and time management. Before making a comment, please speak clearly and state your name and address. The Highlands Clerk, Nancy Tran, will be monitoring the time. We ask that everyone, both at the front table and those from the public, to please speak close to the microphones. While this is a very passionate topic for many residents, as well as many of the elected officials, we ask everyone to please keep your comments professional, polite, and cordial. I will now ask Bob Benke to please explain the resolutions and update everyone as to where we are at in the process. Thank you.
4: quite a little bit about what I do. Uh, My name is Bob Benneke, firm's name is Benneke Economics, Riverdale, New Jersey, about an hour and 20 minutes or so north of here. I come from more of a municipal background than a school background, although I have worked for many school districts in the state of New Jersey. Uh, All of you who are familiar with municipal budgets and the like, when you take a look at your official budget, you see this little thing called the FCOA, numbers all over the place, so I designed that. I actually prepared it for the state about 20 years ago. It's called the Flexible Chart of Accounts. It's very similar to what school boards go through, but it's a little bit different twist because we don't use gap accounting on the municipal side. In addition, I've written four textbooks for the Blaustein School of Planning at Rutgers. And I've been doing this, unfortunately, for about 47 years. <laughs> so, so. This is my fifth public meeting this week, so if I seem like I've had too much caffeine, I probably have. I'll be glad to answer any questions that you you can throw our way. I've written a um, a memo, legal-based memo, for Mr. Giacobi, who's the counsel to Atlantic Highlands, uh, to give some background and flavor to the referendum. Uh, questions and also with respect to the state mediator and try to help the process along. I have to say at the outset that the Porzio team and the Keene University team especially Steve Sia who has been assigned to be an intermediary on the Highland side if you will and the Seabright side have been extremely helpful. If you read their reports they're online they're a couple years old but they're excellent, and they can be a lot of background. What Atlantic Highlands asked me to do, and what some folks from Highlands have seen, is to distill some of the facts down, to make it a little bit more understandable, and to make a separate recommendation from a municipal perspective, and more importantly, a taxpayer's perspective, as to what, what does this all mean from the people paying taxes at home. So we've done that. And again, we rely on those two reports. We also rely a little bit differently on some tax data. Big difference is that we use the state DCA property tax information that's really hidden inside the Division of Local Government Services website. And we use that because that shows every municipality in the state year over year. We've actually done quite a database ourselves of trying to fit pieces in together so we use that database. Like Porzio and like Keene University, we also use the American Community Survey data, and we use of course your CAPRs from the school district, your budgets, etc. One departure that we have from the porzio keen teams is that we try to be a little bit more static. We don't finesse projections as much in these types of settings because of the ultimate gotchas, right? I've been doing this over 40 years, and I, I learned a long time ago that if you say, we're gonna save $10 and we save $9.50, it's gonna come back and haunt you. So we try to avoid that. We try to make sure that everyone has a reasonable expectation of what, you, what you're going to save and what's gonna happen. That said, um, Keene University especially, spent a lot of time on the efficacy of the educational programs and moving the school district from a what's called a non-full inclusive district, a 7 to 12 district, into an all-inclusive district under the statute, which would be a pre-K or K to 12 district. One thing that we look at just from a cost or financial perspective is what's called the number of movements from school to school. And what we have here with Henry Hudson and with Atlantic Highlands at least in Highlands is that we have a nice seamless one movement, that's from sixth to seventh grade, and then you move on. Most districts, I'll give you a perfect example, Sparta in Sussex County, beautiful town, nice town. They move a lot. They move three or four times, and it's hurt their student population. And King University has um, cataloged some of the research on that, and it's actually quite compelling. So that's an advantage of Henry Hudson and of your elementary schools as well. In addition, we also looked at the capacity analysis. The capacity is how many seats or how much classroom space do you have versus how many children are expected. And in the Highlands, Atlantic Highlands and Henry Hudson Regional, there's plenty of capacity to handle the uh, children. With that said, we estimate that right now in 2024, if this program were to be put into place between Seabright Islands and Atlantic Islands, you would save a million uh, a minimum of three million one hundred and seventy two thousand dollars in aggregate. That's a minimum. So the lowest amount you'll save is $3,172,000. That's our number. It does agree in certain respects to the poor zero keen numbers, but it's lower than it is. Why? Because we don't impute or compute any additional savings from operational efficiency. The Henry Hudson Regional has many efficiencies built into it already. Any cost savings, for example, the one study estimates $404,000 of savings. We think that the school busing, transportation programs, and some of the transitional services that need to be provided to Seabright students, and King King brings this up as well, as well as the equalization of salary guides between the districts will eat into any savings. we don't agree, per se, that there's going to be a significant savings. So by the way, they acknowledge, both Keene and Porzio, acknowledge that it's not an overwhelming savings because of the regionalization of the school district already. So that's one. Number two is that we don't finesse the increases in the equalized value of the properties. We assume every town is gonna to go up at the same rate over time whether well, it's 2% or 3.5%. If some of you who follow real estate, Redfin, Redfin and Case Shiller came out with some pretty disturbing numbers nationwide, particularly on the two coasts, with some decline in housing values. So we, we try not to finesse that. We try just to just deal with what we have today, have, assume an equal growth, and then as new building comes on or as new students come in, we try to deal with it. We understand that there may be a new development here, there may be a few extra kids there, but by and large it's gonna stay within a certain band. And Poiseo and Keene agree with that by and large as well, although again, they do try to finesse some of that. The reason they try to finesse it is that there's a transition period for Seabright, where Seabright will have a five year period before they can fully take advantage of the regionalization program they're going to have a stay in place or a teach in place, as it's called, for at least five years, and maybe more or less, but it's gonna be around five years, and, and I would assume it's at least five years, and that's what team mm-hmm. uh, developed as well. So with the with the minimum 3,176, I spoke to Steve Zia this morning, we went over the calculator, and the calculator shows that at 15% of equalized value, with 85% of school -school enrollment ratio, that proportional increase, we will say, according to their calculator, and I think it's pretty accurate, $4,172,000. And that's a moving forward five-year average compared to what they call the status quo and call the current amount versus what they estimate will be happening in year five into year six. So it's pretty reasonable because you have The tax levy capped, and you have, of course, your base amount. Of that amount, minimally, Atlantic Highlands is scheduled to save $756,000 to $760,000, depending upon the rounding. Highlands, approximately $1.7 million, and Seabright, approximately $1.65 million, perhaps a little bit more. When you roll that forward and you take a, a snapshot in year five, this is where it gets kind of interesting. And this might be the best case scenario. As you move up in the savings, Atlantic Highlands actually saves more money. And the reason being is that they're paying more. So the more they pay, the more they save. Similar with uh, uh, Highlands, they, they pay more, they'll save a little bit more than Seabright, but Seabright still so has a base. In that best case scenario, we have going into the future of year six, 4.8 million dollars of savings. And that $4.8 million of savings would then turn into $5.3 million of savings. And then we can estimate the proportion from there. That proportion from there may look something like this Atlantic Highlands would get about $2 million. Highlands will get about $1.9 million. And the balance, somewhere somewhere in the neighborhood, this is $5.3 million, somewhere in the neighborhood still, $1.6, the original $1.6 million would accrue to Seabright. And it depends how the equalized value and the students flow in and out. One, one little level we had with their report, we were off seven students. Out of 750, seven students really doesn't make much of a difference, except those seven students come from Seabright. So instead of their projected 47, we have 54. So there's a, little, there's a little bit of flux in the models, but not enough to cause any heartburn whatsoever. Those are the basic bottom line factors. How did we get there? How did they get there? Their original study of just during the pandemic month, March of 2020 recommended 95% of the distribution would be based upon school enrollment. And that skewed the results, at least going through time be approximately where we ended up today at 85% student enrollment and 15% equalized value. What that does real real quickly what that does is it allows Atlantic Highlands and Highlands to share in a better piece of the pine and yet give Seabright a, a, a solid savings coming into the program. Again, 3.2 million dollars is the base up to 5.3, perhaps as high as $5.8 million would be the, the top line savings. And again, it's a little bit tricky because we have to have that teaching period, that transition period for five years with Seabright. There's no question that this is a great program. Porzio team, Mr. Coby, the councils have all worked really hard on this. And you know, it shows in the documentation, it shows in our, our memo are right up to Mr. Giacobbe. Everybody has really been at it for the last month. When we came to the realization that we have an opportunity here to create something special, 750 plus or minus children going to a unique school, getting quality education, and yet saving money. In 40 years, seven years, I've probably worked on a thousand projects, maybe more. Probably had five to do the system, maybe, maybe four as good as this one. That's how good this is. And so uh, I recommend that you vote for it. I'm sure the Pope Coizio team uh, recommends that you vote for it, and Mr. Jacoby does, and the State um, Department of Education uh, and their mediator is very supportive. i will be glad to answer any questions you have. I don't want to go too much into rabbit holes and the yeah, gotchas, but we'll the, go we'll ahead. questions after they vote? Okay, fair enough. Yeah, but after, after they all vote, to answer any questions i'll be around even after the meeting ends. if you have any follow-ups or any thoughts thank you very much
0: so at this time we will be taking our vote uh resolution 82 2023 approving tax allocation methods um be presented to the voters
3: on a referendum for Atlantic Highlands.
1: I need a motion and a second. I'll move it. Second, Dougherty. And roll
3: call. Mr. Coliserto?
1: Yes. Mr. Crowley? Abstain. Mrs. Cusick? Yes. Mr. Dougherty? Yes. Ms. Hohenleitner? Yes. Resolution 82-2023 has passed.
0: Thank you.
1: For the Borough of Highlands, Resolution 23-135, approving tax allocation methods to be presented to voters on referendum. Council Member yes. Oh, I need a motion, sorry. I'll, I'll Thank you. Thank you. Council Member Schellack? Yes. Council Member Melnick? Yes. Council President Wachowski? Yes. Mayor Brian? Yes. Motion carries to adopt Resolution R23-135, Okay, hey, Resolution
2: 104-2023, Borough of Seabright approving tax allocation methods to be presented to voters on referendum. Is there a second? Okay. Councilman Bieber?
5: Yes.
2: Councilman Booker? Yes. Councilman Catalano? Yes. Councilwoman Gorman?
6: Yes.
7: we are currently today, I hope we all can
2: come together and find an agreeable resolution. No, I know this is kind of like a legally bonding uh, contract, so I hope we all will work together to look out for one another. Okay. Councilman Keeler, Yes. And Councilman Lamia? Yes. Okay. Resolution 104-2023 is adopted.
0: Public comment section. Please move forward to. We have two mics. Uh, say your name and address. And remember, there is a three-minute
1: limit. May I read my little blurb, please? Individuals wishing wishing to address the council may be recognized by the presiding officer and shall give their name, address, and the group, if any, they represent. Although the council encourages public participation, and reserves the right through its presiding officer to terminate remarks to and or by any individuals not in keeping with the conduct of a proper and efficient meeting. If any individual wish, um, refuses to conduct themselves in a proper manner, they will be removed from the meeting. The council will not, during the public portion of this meeting, discuss matters involving employment, appointment, termination of employment, negotiations, terms and conditions of employment, evaluation of a performance of, promotion or discipline of any specific or prospective or current employee. There is a three minute time limit for your comments. Hi,
6: my name is Allison. Hi, My name is Alison Drexage. I live at 12 Archway Away in Seabright. Um, I'm here on behalf of Seabright students. Uh, I don't think that this regionalization is a wonderful idea, and I understand that it's going to be going to vote. It seems very premature um, for several reasons, and I just wanted to speak about this quickly. I I have three minutes, I'm just Sure. Um, the declining levels of enrollment that we've uh, seen in uh, the townships um, seems unlikely that in the future this um, entire uh, scenario wouldn't happen, have to happen again, in which we'd have to have a financial analysis, the legalities of, um, again, uh, merging new districts, so I don't know if this is the uh, sustainable path forward for us. Um, savings won't be seen for five years, so at that time that could be uh, something where we're addressing a larger regionalization because um, Seabright is currently part of a regionalized school system. We are affiliated with both Oceanport and then the Shore Regional um, School System. Um, My understanding is that this regionalization was to save larger amounts of taxes and to provide children more opportunities. I don't know um, why it wouldn't be considered that Highlands and Atlantic Highlands would merge for elementary and middle schools and then all townships could go to Shore Regional, affording all students better um, education and also uh, additional programs that they're now going to have to cut. Um, I don't know how we're supposed to vote as taxpayers, not understanding exactly what the math is. Um, As mentioned, transportation, special services, things like that aren't factored in what the actual costs are. Um, And so I think that's very premature to be um, voting on something that you actually can't speak to. Um, And it was mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago that um, moving students um, uh, several times is disruptive. The students that will be impacted by this merger will have already um, been impacted by things like COVID and now have to move an entire new school district. It seems really um, uh, unfortunate for the kids that are currently part of the school district. Um, and uh, if you take into consideration the average taxpayer in 2022, and this is average, not my tax, it's not anyone specifically in Seabright, it's about 8,500; Highland, 7,400; Atlantic Highlands, 9,800. On paper, the savings sound amazing if you can get deductions on your taxes, but you can claim up to ten thousand dollars under property taxes. So you're actually not saving anything in your pockets. Or if if you are, if your tax rate is lower than that, so I, I hope that that's something that people are recognizing to be affiliated with a school system that might not be um, uh, as healthy for your property tax uh, uh, values. Um, last night was my daughter's 10th birthday. She decided to spend it at the Board of Education to celebrate the uh, teachers uh, that were retiring. She sang in the forest. She spent two hours of the night there. Um, the C. right students feel at home there. That's their, their, their friends are there, their family is there. Um, I don't know why we would um, not make some type of uh, allocation to, to have the current children um, move through their, their school years. It just seems really unfair. Um, and I think that in terms of the overall merger situation, I don't know. Maybe re-looking at it so that all of the kids can go to Shore Regional, that would then allow them to make the ratio for bright more equitable. Um, it, it seems like a better solution rather than a smaller sco- school system with less opportunities for all. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh,
8: on the issue of you education the education of children, might speak to that. So, I've, I've, I believe Mr. Beneke made reference to the transition, but I want to be clear, for, particularly for those who either live in Seabright or care about children. So, the uh, model that you heard described and the model that has been under study from the get go does not involve forcibly removing any children from the school that they currently attend. So, that five year transition period where Seabright is continuing to pay to Ocean Port uh, and to Shore Regional while beginning to contribute to uh, Henry Hudson when the children begin to attend that school is based upon the premise that the children will be allowed to complete the schools where they're currently being educated. So that is part of the study. No child is being forcibly moved. So if you just think about the the high school scenario for a second where graduating eighth graders from Oceanport um, would then go to high school at Henry Hudson if this were to be approved by the voters. And then there'd be three grades of Seabright students, actual regional, and then the following year, there'd be two, 11 12th grades. The last year, there'd be 12th grade. So children are not being moved. And the only other thing I want to say, is because I if I'm, I'm gonna have a chance to speak again, is what you saw here happen was both of historical significance and yet a decision that isn't doing anything. The historical part is where the three municipalities whose interests are similar but not identical, have taken a step under a statute that is brand new, designed to do exactly what you see here, promote the creation of K-12 districts um, and allow communities to save substantial amounts of money. But all the towns have agreed to do is to fight for the opportunity for the voters to decide how their children are educated and how their tax dollars are spent. This is about as motherhood and apple pie as you can possibly get. Whether you agree or disagree, these folks didn't make a decision as to where your kids are educated. These folks didn't make a decision as to how your tax dollars are going to be spent are going to be spent. You're going to make that decision if they can convince the commissioner of education to allow you to do so. In addition to the discussions we've had with council for Atlantic Highlands, we've been in discussions with councils for the boards of education as well. My expectation is that they're going to support what we did here this evening. But all we're agreeing to do is to fight together to convince the Department of Education to allow you to vote on something of historic significance. And I uh, have found it, as I know Carrie Wright has, a privilege to be part of this. It is um, a remarkable event to work so hard simply to allow voters to make a decision that they didn't get a chance, at least in a, a chance, to make a decision in the first place. The forcible merger of their elementary population in court was forced by the state. The voters didn't have a chance to be heard. The change in the funding mechanism for the regional school district was forced by the state. They didn't have a chance to be heard. This
0: is remarkable
8: what's gone on here tonight. And I look forward to continuing this dialogue, to playing a role in making sure the voters are as informed as possible, and to working with the Department of Education to make sure that those voters get a chance to be heard. So thank you. Uh, for the folks in Seabright and uh, Highlands who allowed us to be a chance of this, for, to be a part of this historic event, and certainly uh, for Mr. Jacoby and the folks in Land Highlands to the cooperative discussions we've had over the past few weeks.
2: Thank you. Anyone else?
0: You know, not, uh, 29 landed landed um, First of all, congratulations all. Thank you, <laughs> uh, Congratulations, all of you, for making the decision. Um, and may
8: I'm the first to welcome Seabright to the school district that we have right now. It'll only be better if you come with them, too. So congratulations to Seabright for wanting to come in with us. I would like to ask Mr. Benedict, um, what was the driving thing that, that made you finally decide that this is a good thing, that, that they wouldn't be saving this much money? Was it the mediation
4: or was it something else? I think it was when when we first when we first read the documents of Keene and Porzia, they were overwhelmingly well done. And we then did our own blind study. That blind study was what we typically do is town A, town B, and town Z. And we did our own study and we came up with very, very similar results using census data, using the state database, etc. With respect to the, the cost, and the, the speaker before you, the, the budgeted costs are we can <clears throat> be more conservative. We don't like to add savings on transitions like this because you just don't know what you don't know. So we, we just err on the conservative side. It may be that there's additional savings and we hope that there are but we're not gonna count on it. So we try to be conservative, we let everyone know hey, don't count on it, you may not get a full savings of 4.8 or 4.2 million, but you're gonna get a minimum of 3.2. And the part of that is services for the children to have a really good quality transition. Yeah, in five years, as um, you know, everyone has said here, but it's, it's going to be a, a good transition. What caused us to really do this, and really come home with it and really just be a cheerleader for the program is that at the end of the day, you're going to have a quality school district and you're going to save money. That's just a win-win. No matter how you look at it, it's a win-win. Now, I'm not going to d- diminish being a parent and having a child that may not be, be caught up in the transition, and we're going to make sure that that doesn't happen. Everybody at this table and everyone at this school district will make sure that doesn't happen. The transition will be quality and will be well served. All the children will be well served. Terrific. Thank you. And I somebody say, what happens next? To, what are the chances of it being on
9: the November ballot? But we have to wait until the commissioner approves this. And when will you be sending this to her? No, Vito. Sure. Is this a little speculation, but Vito... Uh, has a wealth of experience doing this and is a part of drafting legislation that ultimately enabled this. And Carrie Wright, too. Frankly, to be quite honest with you, Carrie Wright's much smarter than me now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I think you know the best
2: you
9: that wasn't covered
8: by the mediation, Matt. Um. <laughs> So I think this will be in the hands of the commissioner within days. As I said, we, we've been in some dialogue with the, uh, the boards of education. So, um, I'm hopeful that within the next few days we will be sending, um, mutually agreeable correspondence on behalf of the three towns and the boards of education, asking the commissioner to move forward with this. We're at the mercy of the county office and the department of education after that. And uh, as you know, from our last meeting, we would need, uh, a green light uh, by the end of August in order to get this on the November ballot. Um, I, I don't see a reason why it couldn't happen, but if it's not, you to have a special school election. Uh, and I remember going over this with you last time, second Tuesday in December, 4th, Tuesday in January. So, um, I, I don't know if it's going to be on the ballot in November, but I, if it's not, I expect this to be approved because I cannot see a legal reason why it wouldn't be. And if it is approved, I expect if it's not voted on in November, to be voted on shortly thereafter in December, January, or March on one of the dates set for us. And
2: would then be put into effect.
8: Um, well, if it's if it's approved in that <clears throat> window, right? I it, I don't know a reason why the municipalities and the boards of education couldn't make sure that the budgeting starts to allow the transition to occur. Obviously, the boards of education have been very much interested in consolidation so assuming that they can prepare the budget in a timely fashion you have to have the budget prepared and approved in order for it to take effect july 1st so based upon the track we're on now assuming the department of education is cooperative it is not out of the question to have this in place for july 1 of 2024. if that doesn't happen then certainly by july of 2025 but that um, requires cooperation by people who are A, not in this room, and B, who are not in the control of anyone in this room. Thanks. Thanks. Okay. Carrie, did I get anything wrong there?
0: <coughs> no. <Okay. coughs> Any you questions? have yeah. Hello. I don't
10: know
2: if you guys <laughs> have a Hi, my name is Claire
10: Kozik to say my address I yeah. 16th Atlantic Highlands. Um, I might have missed something in all the articles, but did Seabright get out of their agreement with Ocean School
0: District?
8: So, first of all, there's no agreement with Oceanport, as I said, they were put together by statute. And second of all, the way the new legislation that I've made reference to works, um, you don't need Ocean Port's permission. If you are forming a if you're going to be part of a 12 regional district and the department of education approves that being submitted to the voters and the voters approve it it happens as a matter of law
2: and we think the commissioner of education is going to be okay with that
8: we do that's we do. exactly what the legislation was designed to permit, facilitate the creation of k-12 school districts so it's both the letter and the spirit of this legislation that the commissioner should read like this the commissioner is not looking at how this affects the average assessed home in Oceanport. The commissioner looks at broader issues like if this is approved, does this affect anyone's ability to get a thorough and efficient education? Is there going to be a seat for every student? Is any, is any school district going to be left with an unacceptable uh, debt limit? And that sort of thing. There are none of those present in any of the studies you heard that are being reviewed. So um, I. Do not see a legal reason why the Commissioner wouldn't submit this to the vote.
2: It just seems like the Commissioner has been kind of stalemating, so to speak, with any correspondence.
8: So I I understand how that impression has been created, but I should point out that we have never pressed the Commissioner for action because the petition that was filed last July said um, we have everything lined up except the tax levy, and we'll get that to you. I don't remember the phraseology, forthwith, right? So forthwith took like 10 months. Right. So so, so until, we, until right. we do what we did tonight, we couldn't press the Department of Education for action because they can't assess those things I identified. for so you with.
2: truly believe that this will make, him,
7: make them move yeah, faster? Absolutely. Oh, okay.
9: This was the missing piece and it's no longer missing. I think the, you know, I think the other thing that you noted was uh, there was um, litigation commenced, and and the commissioner did rule. Although there is pending appeal, the commissioner has ruled on that litigation project. That's now out of the commissioner's uh, office. So again, I, I also agree, concur with veto and carry, actually with Carrie, um that the, once this gets down there, th- th- there's really no holdup whatsoever for the commissioner to approve it. And just so folks understand, the Commissioner of Education is appointed by the governor as part of the executive branch. Their job is to implement law. So this is a law that's not only been passed in the legislature, but signed by the governor who has appointed this commissioner. So I think there's a high likelihood that it will move relatively quickly. Uh, and hopefully we can get it on for the November ballot. <laughs>
10: Hi, I'm Tracy Mulvaney, 25 Forest Week in Highlands, and uh, I'm really happy to hear that this agreement uh, came into play, so thank you very much for all your work on that. I do have a question, though, Mr. Piafobi just talked about the appeal. So how will the appeal affect moving this forward? So we're all very clear on that, because now that's with my understanding of the appellate court, as so, I read it.
9: So um, I understand, a commissioner of education any of the state agencies, Commissioner of Education, uh, Commissioner of Environmental Protection, Commissioner of Banking and Insurance, um, they're known under the court's uh, jurisprudence as the experts in their field. And so when you appeal a commissioner's determination, decision, final decision, which is this, the standard to overturn a commissioner's decision is a very high burden, and the burden is known as they have to demonstrate that the commissioner's decision was arbitrary, capricious, or unreasonable. And if you read any appellate division case that, um, when you're seeking to overturn a commissioner, and it's not just the commissioner of education, it's any of the state agencies, they say that they give great deference to the expertise of that commissioner and their department because they are the people who are driving, in this case, the educational uh, system of New Jersey, and enforcing the laws title 18a and 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 um the the regulations Title six on behalf of the legislature and the government so um it, and you know not to speak out of school i i, I do argue with division occasionally and i can tell you that um it's a long long process and that, that won't not hold us up whatsoever
0: so
10: the way that i read um, the commissioner's decision was that she wasn't ruling on that part as it wasn't covered under this. It's that a misunderstanding of the of how that was written. I just want to make sure because I'm going to be I'm on the Atlanta, I'm on the Henry Hudson School Board and I want to have all sides of this and make sure I have a very clear understanding of this. And that's not how I understood her decision. So
7: so her her decision basically was not to invalidate the resolutions that were passed by the municipalities and the boards of education. What she indicated in her decision was that the next phase, which Vito explained a little while ago, which is that the uh, county office is now going to review the petition, is gonna review all the feasibility studies that were submitted many hundreds of pages um, and will apply the statutory criteria to this situation that's what will happen next. And she didn't make a substantive decision on whether Seabright has met that standard that's in the statute. But the standard that's in the statute doesn't look at ocean port or shore regional or the impact on ocean port or shore. As um, so we mentioned, it looks at more broader, specific things. And the finances, um, they're not a piece of that as far as ocean port and shore regional. Okay. that. Okay, I just wanted to see, because the appeal seemed,
10: and the decision did not seem as easy as what I'm hearing it right now, so I'm, I'm um, optimistic if this, in fact, but because all this is so new and this legislation is new, I feel like there's, you know, this, this could be something that's open to a lot of interpretation or a lot of
7: um, nuances. So So it it definitely is new, um, and the commissioner has authority to look at things a little bit differently than maybe the lawyers here do. Uh, But the substantive pieces in the statute are written in a way to make it easier to do exactly what the communities here want to do, which is give the voters the opportunity to vote on this. It is meant to be a gatekeeper function. Uh, So the commissioner looks at it and says, so long as these Terrible things are not going to happen if we let the voters vote on this. The voters should get a chance to vote
9: on it. Okay, thank you. And, and one, just one other thing to follow up with, with what Carrie and said uh, the courts in New Jersey, the television, the Supreme Court, they like to enfranchise the voters. They don't like to disenfranchise them. So, as Carrie said, if the commissioner and the county office finds that the statutory criteria were satisfied uh, in, 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 the, in the proofs, they want to empower voters, because this is ultimately, it's not anyone's decision up here, it's the voters' decision. The voters will vote, and you have to have a collective positive vote in the three municipalities, and they will be ultimately the decision makers of their taxes and their children's futures. Uh, will
10: we have a copy of the referendum? Will you be able to give us a copy of this?
3: Can- yes.
0: Yeah. <coughs> oh, I so saw Is there anyone else? Oh, just yes. so that everyone knows that the, uh, the copy of the, the resolutions will be on our borough websites tomorrow.
1: It's mm-hmm.
3: now. It. Yep. <coughs> uh, Bob has one forty two East Washington, Atlanta Islands. What happens if some towns approve and some don't.
8: By approving you mean the voters? Yeah, yeah the referendum. So the, the way the questions have been phrased, if Atlantic Highlands and Highlands voters vote to form a regional school district, they'll form the regional school district. If the Seabright voters vote to approve it, the Seabright community will join that regional school district. If the Seabright voters voted down, that regional school district is formed without Seabright. So this was set up in such a way to facilitate the possibility that the vote would be the same in all of the towns. It's not likely that that will happen, but it is structured so that that it is taken into account. Obviously Highlands and Atlantic Highlands both have to vote in favor or nothing happens. That is to say, you can't form the regional school district, no matter how overwhelming the vote is in one town, unless it also passes in the other town. And if there's no regional school district to join, then Seabright operating under this new statute is not going to be able to leave the ocean forest and shore regional Structure. Thank
0: you. Any more comments, questions?
4: Sure. <coughs> Oh, uh, so,
3: uh, one question
4: is, if this goes through, how is the Board of Education comprised? How does that factor in? How does that play out? And then secondly, with
9: this uh, formula, we talked about three prior to this,
5: how does this formula affect the teachers' contracts? Uh,
3: would you, would you want to take either one of those? Sure. I, uh, I can take
7: the uh, teachers contract, so the way that the resolution and the agreement originally with the boards of education is that this would expand the Henry Hudson regional school district. So there are two options, right? Dissolve Henry Hudson and create a brand new one in which case all of the collective bargaining agreements are dissolved and you start from scratch. In this case though, the uh, agreement was to be and Henry Hudson. So the Henry Hudson collective bargaining agreement would be controlling, and the elementary teachers and staff members would join that collective bargaining group. So that should answer that that specific question.
9: Yeah, so, so, so in, in the law, in another state agency called the Public Employment Relations Commission will help assist the parties in combining the contract. Because right now, as you know, Henry Hudson is high school. And I can tell you, negotiating lots of teacher contracts, K-8 to have different prep theories, all types of things. So you'll have to take the language uh, and integrate that into the contract. But that's, that happens all over. One example, probably the most famous one in New Jersey, is five towns up in Hudson County, called the North Hudson Regional Fire and Rescue. They had five separate fire departments. And they literally had fire departments that were like next story till the, on the on the boards. Um, they merged that in to have a five-town fire department um, in PERC assisted in combining the contracts. Here, um, generally, the teacher... So, Henry Hudson is the expanded one, and then you will work to modify to make it a pre-K-12 to, to address what's <coughs> in in Highlands
4: and Atlantic Highlands K-8 district right now. And by the way, that's one of the reasons why we don't think that there's going to be a lot of savings because when you equalize those contracts, it's bound to cost something. No,
7: you just, uh, the the. contract, okay, no, the other, how the board is formed, how the board, so the, the, the other question you asked is how the board is formed. So the new statute provides that when you are expanding a limited purpose regional school district uh, you take a combination of the board members from each of the current boards of education. So there will be, forgive me, I I think it may be 3-3-3, but there is a specific percentage in the statute. So certain of the board members will come from the Henry Hudson Board, certain will come from the Atlantic Highlands Elementary Board, and certain will come from the Highlands Elementary Board. And then Seabright, who does not have um, its own Board of Education now, would obviously get a seat selected, I believe, by the municipal governing body.
8: And typically when they do that, and I don't know if the county superintendent will do it by lots or whatever, so to provide for continuity, three of those seats would be three-year seats, three would be two-year seats, and three would be one-year seats, so that you don't have a board of education in the first year after the board is formed, where everybody's running. So the, the statute doesn't spell out how that methodology is, but in the handful of times, a new regional districts have been formed. That's the way county offices have handled it.
5: More questions, comments. Uh, we were here So this is from Mr. Beckley. So you stated some of your numbers when you were going over the, the savings that you accounted for 54 children coming to Christ.
4: No, we, we used the 47, we come use, 47. Yeah, we used the same numbers. Wherever there was the distinction, would no difference. Let's say. We just defaulted to the porzio key study because we want to be seamless. We're not going to start to do quibbles and bits, as I call it, with the numbers. We just wanted to keep it static and straightforward. And then, so I guess the LEAP study was not looked at by anyone
5: else? I'm they sorry. These are all the studies.
4: they grant, the one that was recently done. The that well, was it was the one he's calling the key study because
8: some of the consultants were at King University.
0: Right. Oh, that's it. So Both the study and the study were both done with new grants.
5: Okay. So then in 2014, Seabright had 73 students. In 2017, we had 71. In 2022, they had 42. But you think they're going up in numbers? Uh,
4: yeah, I do. And actually, Porzio, Keane came up with 47 using, uh, you know, a statistical analysis. We did a different statistical analysis blindly. We think it could be as high as 54, but again, 47 seems to be the, the current number. Okay. Right now it is 47, by the way. It's 47 right now. Right now, right now. yeah. Okay. So
5: then in the 8515 split, which is right the way you guys, it's 85% enrollment, 15% equalized valuation, correct? No. Is oh. Yes. Correct. That's correct. I'm just saying no. Why are we not
2: agreeing? Wait, what? Yes. yes.
5: It's a switch from the 100-0 that's going on now, the other direction. Correct. Right. You just said that. 50% of
9: equalized value, 85% of
4: the Yeah, I, mean, I just said that. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah, 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 I mean, I thought I was going
7: a twilight zone moment there. Just to be clear, we're all in agreement. Right, right. Okay, so 85-15, that means that 85% of the
5: package is based on the enrollment from the students. So in the next
4: five years, you have a, You said there's a five-year teaching place. That transition, transition period right. so that the current bright students will have a transition to stay with their current classes, with their current schools. Maybe a little bit longer than that. I doubt it'll be shorter than that. And you know, work with the school district, obviously, to make sure it happens correctly. Do you have any ramp up for how you
5: got to the number of students across those five years? Or are you assuming? Well, we're just, I'm assuming
4: it's going to stay at 47. You're assuming every but single Everything student, is going to be stacked. Every student is going to come to break over. Well, even those not only cases. that, it's not necessarily every student, Mrs. Smith and Johnny Jones, but it's going to be 47 students static. So that if, if c went down to, say, 42, 10% less, everybody else would go down to 10% less. And by the way, that's what the team study showed as well, because they have it going down, ultimately, to about 705 children, from the current 753 children about a 7% decline over the next six or seven years. We don't agree with that. We think it's going to stay, stay relatively static. So that- so
5: if
7: I can just add something, because your question seems to be about that five year transition period right. where Seabright um, will be uh, paid to leave Ocean Port and Shore and there'll be still students at Ocean Port and Shore right. Regional. The resolution that was passed, I know not everyone has it, Specifically provides a request to the commissioner that the per pupil number be based on the number of students from just for seat right Be based on the number of students that actually attend the new K-12 Henry Hudson in any given year and the students in the other grades from um, Shore and Ocean Court so that there is so when he says it's 47 and we're assuming 47 um, there is a certain level of certainty because you're looking at both the students over here as well as over here. So we
4: here. don't need 47 students involved to get the 85%. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's correct. That's true. No one comes and over the, and then we are have to hope for and 85%. And exactly. and it's still 85-15, and that's a key point. That's why we do not want to start getting to get into finessing the numbers. Because if you got too tricky with those numbers going out 6 to 10 to 12 years, you could be caught in a statistical wave or a skewed analysis. So what we did is we just assumed the same ratio would stay in place for the next 10 years. And exactly. it seemed to work out with the Porzio Keane study. At the end of the day, it's about the same. So then regardless of the number of students
5: that actually enroll, in the you know, expanded heavy company, you're still going to get 85% of the tax dollars from enrollment from
4: That's Well, from enrollment. Right. And then, well, it's always based on 47, 47, 47 Well, no, it's always based on 85, if the enrollment goes down. 47 children. 47 children, but if the enrollment goes down to 32, and the other ratios stay the same, in other words, everyone goes down by that same ratio, it doesn't matter if the same amount of savings is going to be distributed or distributed amongst the three districts. If it goes down more or less, or if equalized value goes up more or less, you're going to have a difference or a wave in that data. But it gets too too much of a finesse to do that right. Right. because you have, for example, you may have Town A going up 11% in three years under equalized time. Michael, sir, Seabright doesn't send anyone because
5: they can you are a tough place and then Atlanta the Highland is on the hook for the money that they are going to right. send. You're still gonna save, you're still gonna save I know, Why? we're still going. But Seabright doesn't control that. In other words, the, the
8: submission. Well, technically they can't it parents, right? No, sir, they don't. They can't yeah. tell, they can't so tell the children. When, when, stand. when. No, no,
5: no 28 kids, kids that are in Seabright right now, their right. parents cannot send them to this they're not. They're not going.
8: They're staying exactly where they are. Right. When so that if they place, say no, if they
5: don't send them, then we still get the tax dollars from Seabright. Yeah. Let, me, let me just be clear. Seabright doesn't,
0: right, right.
5: doesn't
8: make a decision as to where the, whether those kids come to the new Henry Hudson or not. Okay. If C-Bright this so, were approved by the voters, when, that, when in the year one, when the eighth graders graduate from the, the school in Oceanport, they are then as a matter of law to matriculate as freshmen at the new Henry Hudson School. So we may not know exactly how many children are gonna be attending, you know, five or 10 years from now, but there's no variable about well, we're gonna see what happens. As a matter of law, if this petition is approved by the commissioner and the voters. When those eighth graders graduate, they're going to Henry Hudson. Right. No question. Short of private school. Short of private school. Short of private school, but your question was what if Seabright makes a decision? Parents can make a decision anytime they want. Right. But there's no decision to be made by Seabright. That decision's already been made. In that transition period, Seabright is going to be paying money to both Oceanport Regional as well as Henry Hudson. And you say, well, how could they, how could they do that? They can do that because the current system is so excruciatingly unfair to Seabright. They're paying more than $2 million than they agreed to pay when they formed the district and they were going to be charged per pupil. Right. So they can live through that five years. We've, we've gained these numbers out. But there is a, there's more certainty to those five years than your question suggests because Seabright is not involved in making any decisions for those kids. If the voters approve
1: it, we know what's happening. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Thanks. Thank you, sir.
10: Maybe, like, sure. I have a really quick follow-up question. Uh, Mr. Gaglia of uh, Tracy Mulvaney Highlands. Sorry. Um, I just have, you said that the petition or the referendum was written so that if Seabright does not vote for it, that the two boroughs can still, or the two districts can. So so what is, is that, ta- is the um, the 1585 still the same? Um, what, what happens then in terms of the so the proportion that the, you're recommending. Right, so the current
8: proportionment, based where where Highlands and Atlantic Islands are at Henry Hudson now, is 100% equalized property value. And that will continue because the district is simply expanding. Right. If Seabright isn't part of it, then it's the 8515. And these negotiations, which we discussed at the last public meeting, were really about Highlands and Atlantic Islands sharing the savings that Seabright brings to the table, right? Almost all of the savings that we've talked about are coming from Seabright's participation because the current structure with Highlands, Lennox Highlands and Henry Hudson, there's so much shared services. There's not much money to be saved if they just merge together. This is state aid that'll kick in for a short period of time because the state's looking to encourage this, but the savings really comes from Seabright's participation. So the tax levy does not change much without Seabright and the formula, it doesn't change at all. Okay,
10: just wanted to be sure. Thanks. Comments? Questions? Okay. So we're going to start
0: with the of Islands. I need a motion and a second to adjourn. On the bit. Second, document. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All aye. aye. Okay, thank,
1: you. Okay. Items? thank you. Motion and a second. All second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Thank you, everyone
0: thank you everyone what happened to me? I, I brought my students